Tonight we are going to look at a parable of Jesus. It is the parable that he says is one of the most important parables. In fact, he will say, if you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any of the parables? This is like the key. This is the key he's going to be talking about. It is a familiar parable. And many of us are going to imagine that we already know what this means. It is the parable of the sower. How many have heard of the parable of the sower? Many of us. I'm going to read this parable. And this time through, I want to ask you two questions. I want you to be listening or thinking about two things that perhaps you haven't thought about with this parable. The first question is, why does Jesus say this is such an important parable? Why does he say, if you don't understand this, you're not going to understand the rest of the parables? And the second question is, how often is the sower sowing? How often is the sower sowing? So now I'm going to read the parable. It's, in, it's actually in all three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We're going to be reading the one in Mark, Mark chapter 4. We're going to be starting in verse 1. I'm reading in the English Standard Version. Thinking about what Jesus is talking about. Why is this so important? How often is the sower sowing? And the third thing I want you to think about, what does this have to do with your brain? What does this parable have to do with the brain? Jesus is a genius. He knows about the brain, and he knows that your brain and how it operates is going to be very important to how you see life and how life goes for you. I want you to be thinking about what is this saying about the brain? And he began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path. And the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky places. Where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no grain. Other seed fell on good soil and produced grain, 
growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said to them, He who has ears, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive. They may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on the rocky ground, the rocky places. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves. But endure for a while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil they are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Amen. Now, if you are anything like me, when I read this parable, these are, were, these are my thoughts. The sower is sowing the word. It's Jesus. He's sowing the word. What he really wants is to try to get this seed into the good soil so that he can get a good crop. That's his motive. He's trying to get to good soil because he's trying to get a good crop. Some seeds, unfortunately, fall where they don't grow. Too bad. Fall where they don't grow. But the seed, which represents the word, should be treated as valuable and accepted by us. When we do this, we become Christians. We become born again or born from above. We have a new life. We receive the word. If I accepted Jesus as my Savior, if I have forgiveness of my sins, clearly I am in the group with the good soil. I'm in group number four. And since I'm in that group, I understand the lesson. I can move on to another parable. All done. That's my initial thought. 
No sense spending time on something when I know what it means, right? What if there's something else here? We love to grasp things and think we know what they mean, but Jesus says this is the key to all the parables. He says if you don't understand this, which means if you think you understand it, but actually you don't, you're not going to have access to the other parables. You see, it's very easy for us, I'll just speak for myself, it's very easy for me to find someone that I know that fits into all of these categories with me conveniently in the last group of the good soil. And I don't think I'm alone. This is the way we read this. We know what it means. In fact, the reason this is a hard parable to read is because Jesus, not only do we believe that we know what it means, Jesus goes on and explains it, so we doubly think we know what it means. We've received Christ as our Savior. We're in the last group. We can move on. So, why did I ask the question of how often is the sower sowing his seed? Let's say that, in my case... I did receive the word. I did receive Jesus. It did grow in me. Why does it matter how often he's sowing the word? Is it every season there would be a new crop? Every week maybe, every day? If you don't care for your field... What's, what's going to happen next season when he tries to sow another word? Does he only have one word? He's got a Bible full of words. He's, he's your God. He's your Savior. He's the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. He has words for you and for me constantly, consistently, perhaps daily, perhaps weekly, at least every season He has a new word for me. And if I am not tending my soil, if I'm not tending my heart, getting it ready for the new word, maybe I was was great. I received the word last season. And he's happy that I did receive that word. He's got a new word this season. You're going through something right now. I'm going through something right now. I could use a word from him. Well, in fact, he's already given me one. He's already given you one. The question, are you listening? Is your soil prepared so that you're able to not only hear the word, receive the word, but nothing is going to choke it out? Are you ready for the word in this season? I've got some other interesting news that as I read this parable, my idea that Jesus just spilled some seed or the sower, who we'd imagine it is Jesus sowing the word, but the sower just sort of was sloppy. He wasn't a very efficient sower. He wasn't good. Maybe he was new. He was spilling seed all over the place. But if you go back and look at Jesus' explanation, he says that the seed was actually sown among the thorns. 
He sowed the seed among the thorns. He sowed the seed along the roadside. How does that make a difference? That actually changes the whole meaning of the parable. You see, seed in those days, it was what, what he's sowing here is grain. Maybe it's barley, maybe it's wheat, it is grain. When the disciples were walking through the grain fields, what were they doing? So what he's sowing here is not just seed, it's actually food. In the book of Ruth, Ruth chapter 2, verse 14, Boaz, the hero of the story, actually serves roasted grain to Ruth, his soon-to-be wife. This is not just seed. He's actually sowing something very valuable. This is their food. So if he's just spilling this all over, that's one thing. But if he's actually sowing it among the thorns in the shallow soil, what if his motive is different than you think? What if this is not all about him getting a good crop and trying to get into the good soil, which is what I have always assumed this parable was about? What if this is a laboratory testing situation? What if it's Jesus' research laboratory and he's testing something? And what is he testing? Your heart and my heart. He wants you and me to have a well-cultivated, sensitive heart so that when the word is sown, you hear it. Notice he says twice. First, when he starts this parable, he says, listen. And when he ends it, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. Why would he bookend his parable by saying, listen, it's very important. We have to hear the word. And then in between here, he says something very interesting. He says, they hear, but they don't perceive, they don't understand. Their hearts are hard. This is the problem with the crowd he's speaking to. That's one of the reasons he's speaking in parables. So he is not intentionally wasting food. This particular sower has an endless supply of his seed. He has an endless number of words, and he's sowing them. How often would you imagine he's sowing them into your life? This is like I was thinking a once-in-a-lifetime parable where he finally got it in the good soil, and I just received it that one time. It's kind of an immature, very baby-like way to understand this, isn't it? As you start expanding, you realize he's sowing words all the time. 
the problem with me is that because I received one word, I get a little puffed up. I get a little prideful. And how willing am I to receive another word? Don't need it. I got the word. I'm in. I'm in the club. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. Whatever you want to call yourself. I'm born again. I got it. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. He's saying, listen. You're going to be missing out on not only on all of the other parables, but on a lot of life if you think because you received one word, it's over. This is a lifetime of keeping my heart cultivated, sensitive, tuned up. You see, Jesus understands spiritual things. He understands spiritual things. And he wants to make sure that you not only understand spiritual things, that you can look at the material world and see the spiritual implications of that. He's constantly switching back and forth between the material world and the spiritual world, and he wants you to be able to do the same thing. You got irritated at somebody because they did something that was a little bit offensive to you. And you think, you know, I'm going to have to let them know about that, or I'm going to have to report them about this. I'm going to have to talk to them about, I'm going to have to deal with that. Have you seen your little situation from the spiritual angle? You see, just like me, you're focused on the other person. If you're sensitive soil, what might you be thinking? What is Jesus trying to tell you? What is he doing in your heart with this offense? Why were you so quickly offended? Is there something he wants you to learn? Is there a word coming for you? Because if you're like me and most people, you are going to be focused on the offender and the offense and how irritating and inconvenient it was for you. And you may be missing that you're supposed to have some grace with this person. Or that you want to forget about it and God is telling you, no, I want you to actually talk to that person. They don't know. No one's ever, no one actually has the courage to go and tell them that that's offensive, that that hurt your feelings. You see, what I find, what I find is when the word of God comes to me, it's often exactly the opposite of what I think I'm supposed to do. When I think I'm supposed to let it go, if I'm really listening to the words, no, I want you to confront that person. Oh, I don't want to confront that person. That's a lot of energy to confront that person. No, no, I, I think I'll let it go. Or I'll tell someone else to confront them. That's how, that's how I see it. That's the easy way out. Or when I want to confront somebody, that's the time often I hear the word, 
Why are you so offended? Why are you? What is it in you that you feel like you have to be treated special all the time? What is triggering you? Don't you believe that you're special? If you really believe that you are special, if somebody doesn't treat you special, does it affect you? It doesn't affect you. If you really believe that you are the heir to the throne and somebody disagrees with that, somebody doesn't treat you in a way that you're accustomed to being treated, I don't think the royals have a problem with that. They, they, they don't even notice. They know who they are. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? There is, at the end of this parable, there is a way to tell if you are in the fourth group, the group with the good soil. How can you tell? What is one of the signs that you are in the group with the good soil? You are yielding, bearing fruit. You have a crop. You have a fruit. Well, let's think about that. Jesus actually gives us something that we could measure ourselves by. And I've heard people talk about fruit as saying, well, if if people are coming to follow Christ because of you, you are bearing fruit. That's probably one type of fruit. There are other types of fruit talked about in the scripture. Does anyone know a fruit of the? Spirit, thank you, the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Does anyone remember what the fruit of the Spirit are? Good, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, Self-control. Here's a question. This year, this season, this harvest season, do you have more love, more joy, more peace, more patience than you had this time last year? You'd like to think so. We hope so. How about three months ago? What this parable is about, it's not a once and for all situation with your field, with your crop, with your heart. We need to be asking that question regularly. Do I have more patience with myself and with others this season than I had last, this three months, this six months, at least this year, are there any signs that I am good soil? 
if I don't feel like I have any more of those fruit than I had this time last year, that should concern me. That should concern me. And I would want to probably ask someone for help. I would probably say, you know what, I thought I was in the last group. Perhaps I was last season. But it's obvious to me now that somehow I'm not in the last group. I'm not the good soil because I don't see the fruit that I want to see. I must be in one of these other groups. Can you help me? Can you help me soften my heart? And just by asking that question, just by going to someone, just by humbling yourself, and just by recognizing I'm not as mature as I thought I was, you are showing that you're moving toward the good soil. Just by recognizing it, just by wanting to be in that group enough to have the courage, to have the humility, to have the determination to ask someone to help you, to keep you accountable. What's going on with me? Why am I losing my temper, my patience, my joy so quickly when I think about the future? I think about the past. Somebody cuts in front of me. I want my rights. I demand them. Yeah. Why am I not more loving, joyful, peaceful, and patient this season? Jesus, I want to be good soil. I want to stop there and take a pause for a few minutes, I have said enough for you to talk to Jesus about it. And let's, let's ask him, what soil am I? I think I'm in group four. I was in group four at one point when I came to Christ, when I received salvation. And if you haven't received it, be a good time to do it. But I want to be in group four, and I'm not sure I am. What do you think I need to do to move in that direction? Just talk to him. Just pray. I'm going to give you silence. Silence.